Hello, besties. Happy Monday and uh, welcome to another Martini with Eddie. I'm Eddie and I'm really excited to be here tonight talking to you about the latest the latest episode of Real Housewife of Potomac and Family Karma. I'm actually sad because we are going to be recapping the season finale of Family Karma, which I love. I love that show. And that season finale got me in my feelings and got me crying. And we're going to go over all those moments that I'm pretty sure if you watch the show, especially if you've been following Family Karma since day one, you know that Unread and Nicholas wedding was something that we as viewers were looking forward to. And trust me, it didn't disappoint. If anything, I was truly moved by the way that they took this opportunity to not only showcase their love, but bring a very important message to the world. With that said, we are going to start the show with the ladies of Potomac. And when I say Candace is not letting Giselle breathe, it's just an understatement. And with and rightfully so, um, one of the biggest issues that we had this season was the fact that Giselle said or made us viewers feel like uh Chris Bassett made a pass on her in some kind of way. Maybe her feelings. She said it's her feelings. But when she first started talking about it, it didn't feel just like um, that he made her feel uncomfortable. So uh, Candace was prepared for this reunion. I'm telling you every single time that she had the chance to drag Giselle, she took it, run with it. And honestly, like her tagline said, um, her reads were for filth. Filth. Complete filth. And let's start by saying that one of the, the points that Candace was trying to make last night was that everybody in America saw Giselle for who she is. Uh, somebody who um, who obviously is afraid to either open up about her own storyline or her own issues that she is more keen and you know she she goes for attacking other people's marriages and family. I think it's uh, it was very important last night to see how a lot of these ladies finally got what they deserve. Meaning like somebody put them in their place when it comes down to accountability in the show. And kudos to Andy. I was shocked. Honestly, I was so shocked with Andy's performance because for the very first time, I felt like he did his homework. For the longest time, we as viewer has noticed that Andy tends to have favorites. And that's okay. We're not saying 
that, you know, working with somebody for such a long time is not going to uh, create a bond. And that's completely fine. Uh, what is not fine is, is sometimes during reunions, when it's time to put people, you know, their feet on the fire and just crank up the heat and make sure that they take accountability of this thing that they say or don't say, perhaps, you know where I'm going with that one, but we're going to wait a little bit, um, is the fact that Andy finally allowed Candace say what she needed to say to Giselle. And even when Giselle was trying to avoid the conversation, he said to Giselle, we are going to talk about it right now. Because she said, like, oh, we'll talk about it later. She said, no, right now. And that's what Andy needed to be doing in every single reunion. I have a feeling that he has been paying attention what people have been saying online uh, on Twitter or Facebook or whatever social media they use to gather information because a lot of the moment that we saw last night during the reunion were a result of fans speaking up for so many years. For example, another moment that I give credit to Andy last night is the fact that he brought up the colorism conversation and he did not get involved in it. He said, I'm a white man. I can't speak on this. I'm going to sit down and listen. I do feel like the conversation was not productive because um, in there needed to be a moderator or somebody who was able to navigate the conversation. It felt more like uh, Candace speaking about her experience on the show. And everybody else was like, kind of like putting their two cents on it. And I'm not going to get into that conversation either because I'm also not a black person or a black woman. I think that conversation needs to be done by, you know, the community who's affected by it. As somebody from a Spanish-speaking country, I, I witness colorism I, in within my community. But I'm not going to speak from my perspective as a, a man from Spain who speaks Spanish, who had seen people from, you know, another Spanish-speaking country being treated differently because their skin color is darker than mine. So I'm not going to put in the same balance our struggles and our experiences because that's not productive for the conversation. What I'm going to say is, is that I do feel like in that moment there needed to be somebody navigating the conversation. Um, but also the reaction was very telling. If you watch the reunion, you will see the reaction of the women of lighter skin color versus Candace and Wendy's experience. And I'm going to leave that conversation right there. Uh, go watch the reunion if you haven't watched it because it's really good. And I think you need to 
watch and listen, especially in this colorism segment. Uh, but I do want to give Andy the credit because he paid attention to fans who were t saying somebody needs to speak on this topic, but Andy should not be involved because he doesn't understand it. And he did just that. Another one that was, I will say, very open to say that everything should be um, talked about during the cameras are rolling is Robin. And what a um, ironic situation, because as we know, two weeks later or like a week later after they shot the reunion, she went, she went ahead and created this Patreon to charge fans for her truth because the whole Juan cheating situation came to light. And she knew about this and she tried to avoid the conversation when other ladies were saying, we know about this and you are not talking about it. So she was quick to try to shame somebody for not speaking on camera about their feelings. She also mentioned the fact that, you know, Candace was... Uh, talking about how she didn't trust them or how she felt about them on Instagram, in an Instagram live. And somehow uh, she wasn't being open to everybody on the show. But there she is lying to everybody, breaking her contract by, by you know, charging people, charging viewers and fans to listen to her side of the story, which by the way, I'm not interested anymore because I don't care what she does. Obviously she is, um, I don't know. I don't want to say, uh, uh, the D and the S, but if she's willing to stay with a man who, who has been cheating multiple, multiple times, allegedly. And, knowingly defend this man, go to the extreme to marry this man to prove a point. It just doesn't make any sense to me. You know, I, I do believe that uh, I hope we get some answers and, and some more insight on how production and Andy feels about this whole mess on the extended version of their one-on-one -on -one, because that's what they're going to show next week on the, on the, uh, you know, in the, on the last part of the reunion. We also spoke a little bit about the uh, podcast and all the stuff. And I think that's all cute and, and, and whatever, but I had never listened to, to, uh, Candace, I mean, to, I'm sorry, to, um, Robin and Giselle's podcast. I had never listened to it, to be honest. I don't care for what they talk about. Um, also, they they talk about how, you know, Karen's business is very similar to the other ladies. And Andy mentioned that her Karen and friends is very similar or, you know, 
Oh, she shoot. Um, she shoot like uh, oh, uh, a great deal to the Countess and Friends show. To which Karen replies, saying, "No, no, 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 God, Lord, no." <laughs> Karen is really funny. I, I, I do believe that Karen has been quite quiet on this reunion. Has been uh, two episodes so far. And we only see her interact with the cast very briefly. I do know that she is going to get activated when Cherise comes out. Because that's like, like that was her, you know, main issue this season. Just Cherise bringing up some like gossip about Blue Eye, about escaping with people to Vegas and stuff like that. So I'm sure that we're going to get some Karen at that point. But right now... She only has spoken about her podcast and she also spoke about the fact that um, Giselle tends to shame people who does not answer to her questions and speak on their personal lives while she's hiding her own stories. And the funniest part is like Giselle keeps saying, you know, you, you know, that, that she never asks people questions, that she's not the one pushing people to answer her or anything. And, you know, Karen says, like, you drag people for not doing so. So why are you lying? You know, Candice even said that she bullied people until they talked to her. You know, is that the level of pressure that Giselle puts on people to open up on the show? But we have her with one of the... I feel like more relatable storyline that she had ever had on this show for God knows how long. No, the hit her uterus, her like vagina thing. I still can say the word uterus correctly. It sounds weird. Ureters. I don't know. It's my accent. It just I just can't say it. So I'm gonna call it her vagina situation. She had that going on for her where millions of people out there can relate to her at that point. And she pretty much talks about it very, very briefly. Even on the, on the, on the reunion, when Andy's giving her the opportunity to open up and say how she feels, it, feels, it seems like she doesn't want to talk about it. But sure, she wants to talk about Candace and Chris's marriage and she wants to like drag Wendy in the process too, because she said it last night that she does not like Wendy, and that's why she doesn't, you know, see eye to eye when people compare her reaction to the Monique situation and Candy situation to the Wendy and 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 Mia when she took Mia's side when Mia was the aggressor in this whole uh, fight, and and she was supporting her and saying that what she did was right and all this stuff was she said in on that season when Monique uh was attacked or that Monique fight you know when Monique attacked Candace that you know she she was against violence and all this stuff and she was w very outspoken and and this time was crickets, 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 crickets. 
And she said, I don't like Wendy. That's why I don't see the issue. She said it's different when somebody gets physically attacked versus like throwing a glass of water on their face. And I'm thinking, you are so wrong for saying this just because they both are assault. Maybe to your eyes don't have the same um, impact, but to the person who was attacked, it sure is. Honestly, Wendy has shown class this, during this whole reunion. She was sitting there looking directly to me as saying, I did not attack you because I know who I am as a woman. I did not drag you because I know my worth. But it was. she said herself, it was hard to keep it together when she knew that what Mia did and said was wrong. And it's so funny how Mia at that point, when Wendy is dragging her with class, then she goes ahead and tries to deflect the conversation by saying that Wendy gave uh, Patricia, a.k.a. Peter, the cookie. And I'm thinking, bitch, you're lying. You just pulled that out of your ass because you know that you assaulted somebody that you crossed the line by be, by throwing her um you know whatever drink she she was having that night and toss it on her face on Wendy's face she knows what she did she know what she did was wrong and she couldn't find ways to apologize and take accountability for her actions and then out of the blue she comes out with this bullshit because that, that's how I feel like he was about Wendy giving Pierre the cookie. I mean, that that's low. And every single time that Mia speaks, it gets like, I'm like, how low can you go? Like, literally, it's like she's like playing, uh, what's it called? Um, that game where, where you're gonna you have to go low and go under the bar. I forgot the name. The Jenga. No, Jenga is, is that's not the game. But you know what I'm talking about. It will come to me at one point. Um, but yeah, it, it was to me. It felt like every single time that Wendy went after Mia with class and facts and. Um, very keeping that um, respect as a woman because that's that's why I appreciate Wendy this season so much because during this really extremely crazy situation between Mia, she still found ways to keep her own self love and respect. By no, but not going as low as Mia did, and that takes a lot of um, you know, patience, control, self control, call it whatever it is. But I would have dragged Mia if if I was Wendy, I would have jumped across the table and dragged her by her. I don't know. 
I, I, I would not have just sit there and trying to be cool. I would have just reacted like, don't do that. Don't toss a glass of nothing at me because those are just fighting actions. At one point, we saw Andy talking about Karen's fans called Ladam. And Karen said that when she said Ladam rise, everybody rises. And it's true. Uh, I, I, um, I'm, I can say I'm a little of a Ladam. <laughs> But then Andy asked Karen, what happened if Robin has like a, you know, a group called the Robins? <laughs> to which um, Karen answered, well, they will be boring. <laughs> I mean, Karen is not holding back either. I just wish, I just really wish uh, Karen had a more present, you know, more present um, presence on this reunion. Honestly, it, it just feels like she is taking a sit back and I, I just want her, I just want my Karen to, you know, earn that sickness to Andy because if you if you ask me I think Candace came so prepared that she should have been sitting next to Andy since her biggest issue is with Giselle who's sitting with next to Andy on the opposite couch you know what I'm saying so I I think that the sitting was bizarre I'm still trying to understand that and I don't think, I mean, I think Candace deserved to be sitting next to an Andy. <sighs> Candace said something very real last night because Giselle said that she got, a, she got many feedbacks from people who watch the show, you know, She got feedback from fans and whatever, and they said that her experience with this whole, you know, health issue is like a, a big impact, and um, and it was great to see. To which Candace says, "Because it's the first time you were real about something. It's the first time you were real about something." And that is the truth. I've been saying this since season one. And I'm happy that somebody finally pointed out. I do not understand how Giselle still on the show and how Giselle still managed to sit next to Andy or have like, or, or making her this like main character. She doesn't give me main character energy whatsoever. I know very little about Giselle. It's so little, you guys, that last night we learned that she had a sister, a sister that we had never seen or heard about. 
So yes. I still don't get why Giselle gets so mad when somebody doesn't want to answer to her or doesn't want to share what she wants them to share, but yet she managed to just, you know, go by through seasons with no real personal storyline. Because she even had the opportunity to do this to do it this season and we didn't get that. We got we got Giselle feeling uncomfortable. Like she said, I'm comfortable. Uncomfortable. That's what she said when um when um Candace told her that she's still waiting to know what Chris did to her. And why she spent time talking to like Karen and uh, Ashley and Mia and everybody else about Chris. But she didn't have time to share her, her health issue with everybody. Like she's asking the cast to be open about their personal issues. So I do believe that on this episode, once again... Candace is uh, the MVP for sure. And Wendy, they both did what needs to be done during a reunion, which is be prepared. Come to the stage prepared where you are speaking your truth to the people who try to drag you during the season, but not just like trying to tap around them or whatever. No, they look at these people on their faces and point at them like, you did this to me. And now we're going to talk about it. You're not going to escape the conversation by fake apologizing. No, we are going to talk. And that's what they did. Giselle, I mean, Candace went after Giselle and she kept her heels on her neck the whole entire episode. And Wendy, every single time that she had a chance to drag Mia, she took it and went with it. To the point that even Candace told Mia to shut up at one point because she's trying to explain to Giselle how she was feeling with the whole Chris situation. And Wendy laughed. That whole, that, that moment, that laugh from Wendy was the cherry on top of that moment. On the next episode, we're going to get um, the sit down with Robin. We also are going to get Cherise, which, by the way, I completely forgot that she was even there. I saw the trailer for the next episode and I'm thinking to myself, like, holy shit. Right, Cherise is part of the cast. I completely forgot. And Jacqueline is coming with receipts or something. It's going to be the fight of receipts with Mia in her little bedazzle box and whatever receipts she has in that box. And then we have Jacqueline with her own receipts. So it's going to be the battle of receipts. And I'm ready because I, I need that. I actually kind of 
like Jacqueline. I wouldn't mind her coming back next season for another shot on the show now that she is not friend with Mia. It will be interesting to it will be interesting to see how she does as somebody who maybe is trying to build friendship with the other cast members. Because she sure has a lot of papers to show. <laughs> she she seems to be prepared. So those are the three, I guess, topics that we will see. Oh, and the husbands are coming next week too. And yeah, it's going to be a great episode. Honestly, this 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 season the 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 reunion has been to me very on point. And and I'm going to tell you why. The issues that were had during the season are the ones that are driving the reunion. Sometimes and it has happened in the past when the main topics of fighting or arguing or you know problems between the cast members are really short segments and there is no resolution to the problem during this reunion we have two episodes and both episodes are tapping on every single issue that these ladies are going through, especially between Giselle and Candace and the whole Chris situation, the whole Wendy and Mia and their argument, you know, and little moments between the other ones. But the main problems are the driving force of the reunion, as it should be. And like I said before, I appreciated that Andy finally did his homework, you know, that he allowed the ladies to, you know, speak their minds without interrupting them as much. Uh, Also, he's keeping all the ladies who needed to be accountable for their actions accountable and also allowing the conversation of colorism to happen without him being the moderator or putting his two cents because like he said he shouldn't be because it's not a topic that a white man should be getting involved in i want to say hello to everybody here on the uh the show right now i i see elizabeth hello elizabeth welcome and i hope you're enjoying the show I'm going to move now to Family Karma. I think Family Karma ended in the most beautiful way possible. I was looking forward to that uh, wedding since we got the trailer and since we learned that Enrich and Nicholas' wedding was kind of like the ending of the season. I still wanted to have a reunion. Bravo is doing family karma so dirty by not promoting it properly, 
by not having reunions it's nominated for a glad award he definitely brought so um such a great conversation last night because it's not easy when I, I want people to understand that it's not easy to go national TV as a gay couple and did what they did. Even in America where gay marriage is quote-unquote more acceptable, and we know that that, it's, that is just smoke and mirrors because we know that there's still a lot of people out there trying to take away our right to marry the, the person that we love because it doesn't fit in the narrative, in, uh, in their ignorant mentality, you know? So I do appreciate the message that they sent out last night. One of the, one of the, one of the moments that I felt very connected with them was when Nicholas was sharing how when he first met Onred, they didn't click immediately. Like they had what they had and then they went separate ways. But Nicholas said like deep inside he knew that he, he they were meant to be together and that at one point they will find the way to be with each other. That that moment just broke me into pieces. Like, oh my gosh, I cried so much. Because that is true love. Like, that's how you know that you are meant to be with somebody. Like, he said, like, I let this person go because I, something inside me said, you know, he's going to come back. He's going to come back to me. And it happened, you know. We see how even after dealing with struggles to understand or fit in into this whole, you know, Indian culture and traditions, uh, Nicholas finally find his way to, to be so happy to be marrying the man that he loves in, and also how amazing and loving Anrit family is. I had never seen on TV such a beautiful wedding. And I'm saying this because as a gay man, I, I honestly understand their um how I mean you you never had this idea when you were younger. You know, when you when I was in my teens, when I was in my 20s, I came out late. So before I even came out, to me, the idea of marrying another man was weird or it was not something that it was realistic in my head because I was still dealing with what society taught me, that that was not normal, that that was a sin, that was crazy, you know, indoctrination from religion that we have since we are kids. And then even after I came out, the idea of a marriage, a wedding, a society celebrating your love was still 
it was not mainstream. It was not something that was like out there and people understood the way the people understand now, you know? So I see how I, when Andre was saying that he was struggling with his coming out, he was struggling with, you know, embracing who he is and embracing who he loves. You know, he, he said it on his vows how, you know, how Nicholas saved him, you know, how he was in a really dark place and Nicholas came and, and just, you know, changed his life. And that is how for many gay men is when they finally find somebody who they can connect with. The wedding as a wedding was one of the most beautiful weddings on Bravo. Hands down to me was the most beautiful wedding on Bravo. And I hope people watch the episode not only as a beautiful wedding, but as a learning experience of the gay experience. Of even though, you know, it's two different cultures, even though it's two different, you know, uh, life experiences, you know, because, you know, Unred come from a different family, uh, come from a maybe more accepting family than Nicholas. At the end of the day, it's all about love and, and that's it. There's there's nothing more to it. Like I, I, it still baffles me that we have to have this conversation as if loving the person that you love was some kind of issue. Like it's, it's not bothering you. It's not your problem. You are the problem when you start judging people for who they love. Let's be honest here. That's that's that was part of the of the message from last night. You know. I'm just happy to see the, you know, Nicholas family, you know, his dad and his mom were present. Even though they didn't want to be filmed, we had seen photos of them online. Uh, e! News released some photos and I think his parents are in it and they look happy. You know, it takes time for a lot of people to get to that point where they are happy for their children, no matter what, especially when it comes to, you know, sexuality. It's like I said it before, even though it seems like it's more accepted right now, there is a long way to go until people are not hateful towards the gay community or the LGBTQIA community and our rights. Because we see that on the daily. We see that on the daily. And I don't want to get into politics because this is not the topic. I don't think, I do not think that my rights should be on questioning by people who don't understand our, you know, life struggles and our fights 
in our survival mode because we live in survival mode all the time. And I do not believe that my rights as a citizen of the United States should be questioned because I'm paying taxes for a reason. So even though many people out there think, still believe the marriage is some kind of like religious event, it also has legal protection from the federal government, the one that I pay taxes to, and I should not be, you know, put in question. So those are many of the the moments that it was going through my mind last night watching this episode. I cried so much, you guys. I I was very moved. Because um, not that many people understand what we're going through. Not that many people understand how how painful it is sometimes to feel like your love can't can't be celebrated. You know. But the, the episode ended in such a high point. The The wedding was beautiful. Each, mo- many people during this, the, the episode said, if they say 10 years ago, the Indian community that was, you know, the one that Enret is part of was going to be there celebrating the love of two men. It, it was like, Something they they can't conceive that in their head if it was like 10 years ago. But fast forward to now, it's very loving, it's very accepting. It's um it's truly a historical moment too. It's I read that their wedding was the first Indian wedding that was between two men that was televised on national TV. So it might not mean anything for some people, but it means a lot for us. So for that reason, I applaud Enrit and Nicholas, and I thank them both for sharing their story, for opening up their lives, and taking the lead on showing what true love is and how not everything is it's hunky-dory. You know, they sh- they share everything, their ups and downs. They share, you know, Nicholas struggling to, um, you know, find himself in this traditional wedding. He argued with Henri's mom and, you know, this conversation where it needed to be had. Because that's how planning a wedding is. Especially when a wedding is very gender traditional, that they didn't they didn't know how to plan it. But at the end of the day, it, it was just beautiful, and it sent a message of love. Also, another message of love was Bali, and O'Malley. She finally told him that she needed to move in with him and. His eyes were like, 
sparkles when she said that she wanted to move in with him, which showed that they are a strong couple. I love Bali and Omali. Bali wore that pink tool dress to that uh, that the tea party that they had. And she looked beautiful. I don't care what the people were saying. I saw Bichol and I saw uh, Risha kind of saying that she, they, she looked like a loofah. But she looked to me like a avant-garde goddess. I love Bali. And if you haven't heard or listened, if you haven't listened to our conversation, I interview Bali. You can find our podcast or also the video version on my YouTube channel. She was amazing. Amazing. I'm actually kind of sad. Because I was supposed to go to, you know, um, the season finale party with her. And I couldn't because there was snow happening out here. <laughs> and I couldn't go down to the city. It's kind of like sad. But I'm just happy for this show. I'm happy that there are shows on Bravo who are not that are not housewife shows and they feel more organic and real like this season of family karma it was definitely one of my favorite seasons of any show on bravo tv because it it's it brings people from different cultural backgrounds together it brings a community that is very important in America, which is the Indian community, to like, you know, our TVs, their cultures. We learn from that too. And also, these people are real family and friends. So the drama is organic. The drama gets resolved because they know each other for so many years. So that's what I keep saying. Bravo needs to step it up and give family karma the opportunity to be a, another pillar of the Bravo universe. I mean, at this point, they should have a reunion. It's season three. They're doing great. People love Family Karma. People love their cast. The cast is amazing. So they just need like a little push to get, you know, that bigger market out there. And the one that needs to be doing that is, you know, Bravo and, and their marketing team. That's what I think. I don't know about you guys. If you have any opinions, if you had, if you are listening right now, I want you guys, if you are listening right now and you have not watched Family Karma yet, go to Peacock and start watching it in season one. It's only like eight, nine episodes per season. So it goes by real quick. You can watch pretty much the last two two seasons or three seasons now in like a weekend if you just sit down and watch it and truly, truly appreciate what this cast is all about. It's one of the most loving cast and they seem to be very down to earth. And it's true, even during BravoCon, they were so overwhelmed with love. They were so happy to be there. And based on what many Bravo Lebs had said, 
they were one of the kindest to meet in person. Ada Bravolev had said, the cast of Family Karma was amazing. I interviewed John Barlow. If you haven't listened to that one, you can also go listen or watch the video on YouTube or listen to the audio version on my podcast. When I asked him uh, who was like, you know, who he was more excited to meet during BravoCon or like the best experience meeting a Bravo Lab during BravoCon, he said without skipping a beat that Bali was one of the most amazing people that they met. And just like that, many other Bravo Lab had said either different names or the whole entire cast of Family Karma as it is. I do believe that they have the potential to have many, many seasons. And I really hope that Bravo gave them a new season now that this one is over. Because there's more to it. There's more stories. And the drama doesn't feel heavy. I can connect with the drama because it's family drama. I think... No, no matter what cultural background you have, you're always going to have drama with your friends and with your family. And that's what family karma is all about. Like I said before, if you haven't watched Family Karma, do yourself a favor and watch it. It's on Peacock. You can binge watch it in season one. Easy to watch. And what I want you to do is if it's your first time watching it because I told you to watch it and you enjoyed it or didn't, go to my Instagram or Twitter, Martini with Eddie, and send me a DM or leave a comment on any post. I read the comments. I make sure to read them so I will know who you are. Um, but let me know what you feel about Family Karma. If you... Don't like it, let me know why you didn't like it. And also, do yourself a favor. If you haven't listened to Bali talk about the show, you need to because she dropped some tea on that episode that you will definitely enjoy either if you watch or don't watch Family Karma. She's really fun. And with that said, you guys, I hope you have a great night. This week we have New Jersey. We have Band Upon Rules, a new episode of Miami. And we're going to be talking about all this stuff here on Martini with Eddie. Oh, and Summer House, before I forget that. Yes, we're going to be talking about it. The next episode will be dropping on Wednesday. I'll have an episode on Thursday and a guest on Friday. So, oh my gosh, that's four episodes this week. So... Be ready because Martina with Eddie has a lot of tea to bring you to you guys. Oh, yeah. Before I go, Beverly Hills is filming. And over the weekend, they celebrated Crystal's 40th birthday. And all the ladies are looking great. I'm happy with the cast as it is. I hope that they don't bring any newbie at this point. Because after seeing the photos and seeing how they can still get along even though I know they have drama to resolve, it felt like a very strong cast. 
I'm sure at one point Kathy Hilton is going to join as a friend of because as I my understanding is that she was offered a friend of contract once again. But we will find out if she is going to take her or not, you know, later on this season. But they they are filming the cast so far. It's the same cast minus Lisa Reyna and Diana Jenkins. And those six ladies to me seem strong enough to carry the show because I said it before. The four Fox 5 cast mess that they created by forming this alliance was what made this show so unwatchable because anyone that came into the mix was so outnumbered they was pushed out of the show you know Dennis Richards they tried with Garcelle they tried with Sutton uh, they tried it with Crystal too so now that there are six on the cast we know that there's only three people left from that four Fox 5 Erica Dorit and Kyle. And then we have Garcelle, Sutton, and Crystal. So it's two teams, three and three. We do know that on one side, we have Erica that has issue with uh, Dorit. Uh, like for some reason, was so random during BravoCon. And I'm pretty sure that's going to be talked about during the season. Because we never got to talk about it. Because that happened after season uh, 12 ended. And when season 12 ended, Erica was still having issues with Kyle. So they had their issues in within that group. On the other side, we have Crystal, Garcelle, and Sutton. And even though it seems like Crystal and Sutton have moved on, and maybe Garcelle is more comfortable with Crystal being around, or like, you know, like she, she has always been a little like weird or iffy about Crystal. I feel like between them, there's going to be some kind of issue too. Maybe somebody's going to say the wrong thing once again. What I'm trying to say is that the show feel more balanced. And maybe it forced these ladies to actually enjoy trips together. It forced them to make the show fun once again after three seasons of heavy drama. I, I am tired of tuning in to watch my favorite franchise, which is Beverly Hills, as a hate watch. Like, why am I watching this show that I used to love as, like, I have to watch it now? Like, I have to watch it. I hate watching it, but I have to watch it. No, I don't want to feel that way on this season, so I'm just asking the current cast just to give us luxurious trips, fun times, fashion, wealth, opulence with a sprinkle of petty drama. Petty drama that can be fun too. You know, we, we watched the show a little bit for the drama. But it was never about, you know, the widows and orphans and all this stuff. And to the point where it felt like they hated to be on set or hanging out with each other. 
when we were watching Beverly Hills for the past two seasons, it felt like they hated to be there. And that part was so obvious that me as a viewer, I did not want to watch it because I hate, hate watching shows. So that's how I'm ending this episode. Like I said before, I'm going to have uh, two more recaps. Uh, Wednesday, I'm recapping New Jersey and Summer House. Thursday, I'm recapping Vanderpump Rules and Miami. And Friday is our guest spot. And I will let you know who that person is in the middle of the week. <laughs> so, besties, if you really enjoyed this episode, please go to... Uh, my podcast, rate the podcast because ratings is what keep our podcast alive. Uh, also subscribe to the pod, subscribe to my YouTube channel, uh, go to my Instagram and to my Twitter. If you want some extra tea, you can follow those accounts as Martinis with Eddie. I also have my own website, martiniwitheddy.com and I'm working on a merch line. So yes, if you have any idea or anything you would like, let me know because I want to make this merch as unique as Martinez with Eddie. <laughs> okay, guys, thank you so much. And like I always say, it's time to say bye, besties. <laughs>